0: Hello and welcome to Roundhouse Crosstalk, a podcast hosted by the California State Railroad Museum. This week, we will be enjoying three festive stories inspired by railroads and the museum to celebrate the holiday season. To begin, we'll learn all about the importance of holiday spirit and a robust mail car in The Miracle on the RPO.
1: The Railroad Museum had hosted its first-ever holiday event and, to say the least, it was a huge hit. It was the day before Christmas Eve and the whole town came in to see the trains in a wintry wonderland of human engineering. Engines sparkled in tinsel and felt snow covered the rail cars for this grand event. Everyone from kids to grandparents played with the toy train layout and took family photos until closing. It was a day to remember, but now the museum was closed and needed to be cleaned and ready to open December 24th. Two park aides, Ruby and Ralph, were scheduled to clean up after the event.
2: What a mess!
1: Ruby complained.
2: How can people use this many cups? They were just enjoying
3: themselves.
1: Ralph replied.
3: It's Christmas. You're supposed to have fun.
1: Ralph came back in after taking out the trash to start a sweep of the room. Checking in on all the cars the guests visited, like the St. High, the Cochiti, and the RPO, the Great Northern Railway Post Office Car Number 42, what we call RPO for short, had operated as a mobile post office between Chicago and Tacoma from 1950 until its retirement in 1967. It was a visitor favorite and usually saw plenty of foot traffic, this winter season being no exception. Ralph climbed in to check for lost items and garbage and almost missed a new letter among the hundreds, a small slip of pink paper that looked far too new to be part of the exhibit. In big red crayon read the address, Santa, North Pole, and the envelope was thick, full of folded papers from the coloring book of a little girl. Look, Ruby, look. Ralph ran to show his friend.
3: Whoever wrote this tried to send it to Santa through the RPO.
0: Wow, kids really don't pay attention to our tours. I told him the RP was out of commission.
3: Never mind that. What are we going to do? This should have been in Santa's hand yesterday.
0: What can we do? Deliver
3: it
1: ourselves? Ruby laughed as she continued to sweep. Ralph was smiling, and Ruby didn't like it.
0: What are you scheming up now?
1: Ruby asked.
0: Let's call Ernie. Ernie? He hasn't worked here in over a year.
3: Yeah, but didn't you hear where he transferred to? The North Pole.
1: Ruby shook her head.
0: Don't I remember. I wanted that gig so badly. Forget
3: that. He'll know how this letter can get to where it needs to be. You have his number still, right?
1: They rang up Ernie, who answered with holiday cheer. What do you want? They explained the situation, letter in hand. What
4: do you want me to do about some lost letter? It's too late. Christmas Eve is tomorrow. We're up to our elbows in this list.
3: Checking it twice. We need to get to you fast, then. Can't you just magic yourself down here to pick it up
4: or something? No way. You're going to have to bring it up here. And before midnight, mind you. That's what Santa takes off.
0: And how do you suppose we do that?
4: Excuse me? Don't you work at the train museum? Look around. You have plenty of options.
0: You're not going to trick me into thinking these things are still able to ride. Not this time.
3: How would that work, Ernie? I
0: hate to say it, but Christmas spirit.
3: Christmas spirit?
4: You heard me. You invoke the spirit of Christmas, you'll make the RPU.
0: Like in the movie Elf? Yeah, like in the movie Elf.
1: Ralph could hear the eye roll over the phone. Ralph and Ruby looked at each other.
0: Well, I've heard of weirder ways to start a trip. Great, great
4: guys. I gotta go.
1: Ernie grumbled to someone in the background.
0: My manager's on me
4: for loading up the flight. I'll meet you at the most northern red light tonight. You'll know it when you see it. Just remember, you're the railroad museum. Use what you know.
0: Wait, what does that even mean?
1: Ruby yelled into the hung up call. Ruby and Ralph looked at each other, past disbelief.
0: Does he really expect us to just fly out of here and fly until we see a big red light?
3: I guess so, I guess we gotta get our Christmas spirit on?
1: The pair had no idea how to get their Christmas spirit on. Ralph's first thought was to dress up in all the decorations they just took down. They draped themselves in tinsel and garlands. Ralph put a stocking on each foot. Ruby hung a giant plastic candy cane around her shoulders. Trimmed like trees, the pair climbed into the RPO, stood at the ready, and...
0: Well, aren't we supposed to be flying? I feel
3: like we have to do something else.
1: Ralph thought for a moment.
0: Wait, we aren't thinking. Speak for yourself. I'm still thinking about how Ernie got the North Pole job over me. I had better references. No, no, we have to
3: think really hard about Christmas.
1: Ralph jingled as he paced around the car, the jingle bells around his neck ringing as fast as his mind was worrying. You
3: have to feel Christmas, not just look like it. What was your favorite Christmas present?
1: Ruby thought for a moment, moving the mistletoe out of her eyes.
0: I got a GameCube when I was a kid. Changed my life.
3: That's cool. My favorite present was a model of the EMD GP40 diesel locomotive with speed controllers and easy track.
0: Figures.
1: The two screwed up their faces for a moment, thinking hard about their favorite presents. When they opened their eyes a minute later, the RPO was still stuck in place.
0: This isn't going to work.
1: Ruby sat on the ground, shaking pine leaves all over the RPO.
0: Ernie's just messing with us again. I
1: really
3: don't think think he is. Ernie wouldn't joke about Christmas spirit. He acts like he's all above it. But he wouldn't have gotten that job over you if he didn't mean it. I think he's really trying to help us.
5: But I don't even know what else to
0: do. And honestly, I just want to go home. I feel bad for the kids. But it doesn't really matter if your list of Santa gets lost. You can still have a good Christmas.
3: Did that happen to you once?
0: Yeah. One year, I forgot to put Santa's full address on the envelope. Evidently, when you address it to the big guy, the letter returns to sender. I never made that mistake again. We got it back on Christmas Eve, and I was so sad, my mom took me ice skating to cheer me up. We went downtown and got hot chocolate, and we both ended up falling on the ice at some point. It really cheered me up. We made it a tradition ever since. The skating, not the falling.
3: <laughs> I've only been skating a couple of times. My grandparents took me when they came down from Seattle for the holidays. That was the same year my grandpa got me that model train. We spent all of Christmas through New Year's putting it all together and setting up the track. And every year since, we had a little bit more of that setup up. A house here, train controller figure there. It's getting pretty big now.
0: That's really cool.
1: She and Ralph sat in sweet silence until a loud creak shook the train car, and each window and door slammed shut.
3: Earthquake!
1: Ruby threw herself flat on the ground.
3: No, Ruby, look! I think we're moving!
1: And sure enough, as the car rocked back and forth, tiny sparkling lights floated past the windows. Ralph poked a head out the door towards the front of the car. Shining in the dim light of the sleeping museum, a brand new locomotive had appeared and hitched itself to the front of the RPO. Its glistening paint and billowing smokestack showered the room in a Christmas spirit no decoration could replicate. It started up on its own, turning on its bright red headlight and starting to chug.
3: On Dasher! On Dancer! On Ruby! On Ralph!
1: Ruby scrambled up to the front to watch the car wobble, buckle, restart, and lift off. Just like that, Ruby and Ralph were hovering in flight in the middle of the California State Railroad Museum. And in a flash, the engine took the RPO off through the roundhouse doors and into the cold winter air, only slightly grazing the edge of the building. I guess
3: we'll have to clean that up, too. you would think Christmas spirit would know how to open a door.
0: Never mind that, we're flying in a train.
1: And sure enough, they were. Soaring over old Sacramento, the engine steered itself and the RPO around the Capitol, weaving between the buildings and over crowds, walking through neighborhoods of Christmas lights as Ralph and Ruby held on for dear life. Soon enough, they were high enough for the city to look like a lawn carpeted in twinkle lights as the pair flew up into the Sierra, catching the fresh scent of frost the higher they climbed. And though the pair didn't know it, bits of sparkling magic trailed behind them that only the children who were looking could see. Once up in the mountains to the east, the locomotive pulled a hard left heading north.
0: Now all we have to do is sit back, relax, and make sure this?
1: Ruby held up the pink envelope.
0: Stay safe until we get to the
3: North Pole. I don't know, shouldn't one of us be steering?
1: Ralph asked, standing at the front of the car, not sure what to do with his hands.
0: I think the Christmas spirit has not covered. Sit down, relax, we'll be there in no time.
1: And so the pair sat as the world passed by, watching the last bit of sky turn dark as the snow began to fall. The engine continued to chug, leaving a trail of sparkling track behind them. The car never got cold, the wind never rushed by too loudly, and the windows never frosted. The RPO was built to last. After a couple of hours, Ruby and Ralph noticed that the RPO was getting closer and closer to the ground.
0: Is the engine losing steam already?
1: Ruby asked with a worried laugh. No. Ralph said with a frown. I
3: think the ground is getting closer to us.
1: And so it was. The peaks of snow-capped mountains were getting dangerously near the wheels of the car, just barely missing the trees as Ralph and Ruby began to panic.
0: What are we supposed to do?
1: Ruby yelled as the wind screamed outside the window.
0: I don't know if I have enough Christmas spirit in me to make this fly any higher.
3: It's already steering itself around everything.
1: Ralph said, his eyes closed so he didn't get motion sick.
3: I think all we can do is wait for these elevations to pass.
0: Just don't barf on me, okay?
1: Ralph didn't know if he could keep that promise. It only took a few minutes of tossing and turning for him to turn green. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh! Ralph ran to the end of the car, desperate for fresh air. He stumbled, grabbing the very back window too quickly, and pulled it hard, pulling the back pane much further than he intended. The car rushed with air, spinning the ornaments and ribbons that once covered Ruby and Ralph and turning it into a cyclone of holiday horror. Dodging the shrapnel left and right, Ruby staggered as she went as fast as she could to help Ralph at the stuck window. The RPO kept flying, unresponsive to the chaos inside, as Ralph and Ruby struggled to push the window back to where it needed to be. But right as the two nearly had it all the way closed, a small flash of pink streaked between them and right out the window.
0: Oh, no, you don't!
1: Ruby jumped into the partially open window, getting a hand on the letter to Santa right before it got out of reach. The air was ice-cold on her arm, and Ruby began to lose her grip immediately, holding on with only a thumb and a forefinger. Her face smashed against the window, making it hard to talk, let alone fall back into the car. Ralph took Ruby's other arm, pulling her back into the car.
3: Come on, Ruby, pull hard!
1: You think I'm not trying? With a final pull, both Ruby and Ralph fell back into the car, windblown and shaking with cold. But the letter was in Ruby's hand, not even a little bit damaged. And once they got their footing, the pair realized the engine was rolling along at its normal, comfortable speed, the tall peaks far behind them. Ralph slammed the car window shut as Ruby laid back on the floor of the car.
0: Next time, Ruby said, let's keep the windows closed.
1: The RPO chugged across the starlit sky with only a little turbulence for the next few hours. Things were going so smoothly that Ruby fell asleep and Ralph started to clean the car, picking up the forgotten garlands and bows from the wind tunnel they created earlier, including the tablecloth Ruby was tucked under.
0: Hey, I was sleeping under that. Why are you cleaning up anyway? Eh,
3: there's something to do.
0: Hey, do you see what I see?
1: Ruby pointed out the front window. There wasn't much to see, just a dark purple sky and twinkling starlight, but there, on the ground, was a small red light, the only one around and it was getting closer.
3: This must be it.
1: Ralph jumped up to the front and Ruby followed.
3: This must be the northernmost red light.
1: The RPO's magical engine slowed down and fell softly towards the earth until it landed as quietly as snow onto the white ground, shining bright with red as the headlight reflected off the frost. Ruby and Ralph got their coats on, ready to hop out of the car with the letter in Ralph's pocket, when the right side of the car shook.
0: Oh no, not again.
1: Ruby whimpered, stumbling back. Ralph shushed Ruby as he listened. He didn't hear anything. All was quiet. But then, as soon as they breathed again, another three rumbles, this time focused at the main entrance to the RPO. They hadn't seen anything outside when they landed. What could be knocking on their door? The pair straightened themselves out. Ralph grabbed the door handle. Ruby grabbed the giant plastic candy cane. They looked at one another, nodded, and swung open the door to a burst of wind and snow. And song! A dozen penguins in Santa hats and a polar bear were at the door, tin cans and candles in hand. The red light illuminated their smiling faces, caroling along like this was a normal neighborhood tradition. We We wish you a Merry Christmas,
2: we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas in a
4: happy scram!
1: A voice in the dark (laughs) yelled. The penguins belly slid away. The polar bear got back onto all fours and lopped off into the dark. Ruby and Ralph didn't move, still in shock at the ludicrousness of what they just saw. Sorry guys, the voice from around the corner said.
4: Carolers annoy me.
1: Ruby and Ralph came out of the car and came into the light. There, doused in red, was Ernie, wearing a green elf suit and hat, but standing at his usual six-foot height. Ruby couldn't help but laugh.
0: (laughs) Nice outfit.
4: You wish you could wear this. So this is the North Pole?
1: Ralph asked looking around for something like a workshop or a gingerbread house. There was nothing around except a small bench and a clock on a pole, not a trace of the carolers.
4: Obviously not. This is just the final station until the North Pole.
1: Ruby and Ralph looked directly at the red light and saw it wasn't a red-and-white candy-striped pole they had each been imagining in their heads. It was a railroad crossing.
4: You really think I would take you into the real thing? Secrecy is a big deal out here. No way was Miss Claus gonna let you come near her house. Well, thanks for meeting us out here anyways, I guess.
1: Ralph said, pulling out the letter addressed to Santa.
4: Honestly, I'm surprised you two made it. Ah.
1: Ernie took out his glasses and read the front of the envelope. He opened it and read through the contents.
4: We were wondering if we would hear from Cindy this year. We probably won't be able to get her pony on short notice, but I'll see what Nick can do. Nick? Saint Nick. Jolly old Saint Nicholas.
1: Come on. Ernie said with a smirk.
4: So you'll be able to get this to Santa, right? I can get it to Santa,
1: Ernie said with a real smile.
4: You know, I never would have expected a couple of parkades from the Railroad Museum to make it up here with just an RPO and a bit of Christmas spirit. We might have to use you again for next year. You know, we're getting other letters to us in time.
1: Ruby and Ralph looked at each other and smiled. We can do that. Ernie looked up at the clock.
4: Oh, jeez. Santa's got to be up in the air in 15 minutes. Need anything else from me?
0: Yeah, see what you can do about the autopilot on this thing. barreled straight into a
1: mountain. Ernie laughed as he walked out of the light. You guys really thought you were
4: going to crash? You're in a rail car. Trust the route. It will always get you where you need to go.
1: And with that, he vanished into the winter air. Ruby looked at Ralph.
0: He thinks he's so much more mysterious than he actually is. Let's go home, okay?
1: Ruby and Ralph took the RPO and its engine home crossing mountain passes, rivers, and downtown Sacramento buildings until landing safely back into the railroad museum. The pair were silent most of the way back, too tired to say much. Once they landed, Ruby turned to Ralph.
0: You know, I think this might turn into my favorite Christmas memory.
1: The RPO shook with magic, tossing Ruby and Ralph playfully before they got out of the car.
3: Me too, Fred, me too.
0: In partnership with the First Partners Office and the Natural Resources Agency, the California State Park Adventure Pass provides free entry for fourth graders and their families at 19 amazing state parks throughout California, including the California State Railroad Museum. Passes are valid until August of 2022. To sign up, visit reservecalifornia.com. You can find out more about the Adventure Pass at parks.ca.gov slash adventure pass. What an inspiring story of Christmas spirit! And what a show from the RPO! Up next, we'll hear about the indomitable perseverance of
5: Rusty the Rotary. Once upon a time, there was a Rotary snowplow who had seen better days. He was a veteran, someone who had been there for decades, making the rail usable during the bitter winter months in the Sierra Nevada mountains. But now, Rusty was retired, enjoying free time at his local rail yard during his favorite time of year. The lumber carriers were trimming the tree, and the engines hung stockings along their own shining selves. And the freight loaders were piling up presents when an engineer came in, out of his office, with a letter in his hand. It's from Donner Summit, he said. There's a locomotive. It got stuck in the past after a snowslide, and it's now stuck 15 feet deep. The engineers sent out the alarm from a call box nearly a day ago, and the 200 passengers in the cars had been waiting all this time. A rescue team had to get there fast. The biggest engines were the strongest, able to push 20 times their weight, but they wouldn't be able to get through the Sierra cement on the tracks, and they would get stuck just like the engines at Donner Pass. The smaller engines were faster, able to get up the mountain before sundown, but they wouldn't be strong enough to push through any snow on their own. A rotary snowplow was the only car for the job. The engines turned to look at Rusty. He'd already dusted off his blades, shined his wheels, and loaded up his cargo. He was ready to go, and the engines were ready to push him up the mountain. It took three days to get through the snow in the high Sierra Mountains. On the first day, Rusty cleared out two feet of snow all the way from Auburn to Colfax. The entire way, Rusty thought about the passengers, who by now were probably cold and ready to be home. The engines shouted,
3: Go, Rusty, go through the
4: ice and snow.
5: On the second day, Rusty cleared four feet of snow from Dutch Flat to Nyack. The entire way, Rusty thought of the engineers working tirelessly to dig out the snow so the passengers could get a warm meal. The engines chanted,
3: Go, Rusty, go through the snow you mow.
5: On the third day, Rusty cleared six feet of snow all the way to Soda Springs, but stopped before Donner Pass.
4: I can't go on,
5: he told the engines. I gotta rest. The engines said,
2: we're right behind you, Rusty. Just give it your, your best.
5: Inch by inch, Rusty cleared the tracks, turning up the snow into little bits and throwing it out of the way. His blades were worn, his wheels were losing speed, but he went on with his friends pushing him along the way. By midday, they had reached the pass. From ten feet of snow, Rusty could hear the other engines.
4: We're over here! Help us get
3: through, please! Help us here, friends. We'll get you out soon.
5: Rusty and the engines gathered to form a plan. The other engines would come together and force Rusty forward as he plowed with all his might for as long as he could and take breaks when needed.
2: We've got your back, Rusty! Just lead the way!
5: Push-plow-rest push plow rest rusty got into a rhythm with his fellow rail cars one foot of snow down another foot gone another foot
4: we're nearly halfway there
5: again and again push plow rest push plow rest rusty had nearly exhausted every last bit of strength he liked retirement like spending the holidays in the warm rail yards he knew so well he'd spent years out here eating up snow to help his friends and colleagues Maybe this was a mistake. Could he do this, like he used to? He was only a foot away from the stuck engines when he had to stop, pause, and build up momentum. Behind him, his engines chanted, Go Rusty, go! Through the ice
4: and
0: snow you mow!
5: And again, Go Rusty, go! Push plow, push plow, push plow, push plow! The ice broke away and the engine came into view, bright red in the cold. The engine, conductors, and engineers began to whoop and holler and warm up the wheels. Cheers from the passengers in the back cars echoed across the pass. You did it, Rusty! You made it through! His team behind him cheered. We did it, my friends. Now take me home. Within a day, thanks to downhill tracks, the engine, rescue team, and Rusty arrived at the rail yard to thunderous applause. He was the hero of the season every winter of the past, and was the inspiration to all other rotary snowplows and training. That year, he got to put the star on the Christmas tree and enjoy the season how he always wanted to, warm with his
2: friends.
3: The California State Railroad Museum is now the proud home of a new exhibit by the National Model Railway Association. Next time you're in the museum, make sure to swing by our state-of-the-art exhibit up on the third floor, where you'll see beautifully designed model railroads and a look behind the scenes of the hard work that goes into model railroading. You can also see an exhibit reveal up on our YouTube page.
0: Way to go Rusty! And if you'd like to see a rotary snowplow in person, you can visit us right here in our museum roundhouse. Now, to finish us out, a railway rendition of Twas the Night Before Christmas, performed by Debbie Hollingsworth.
2: Twas a model train Christmas when all the train routes were covered in snowfall, really only an ounce. Blanketing houses, walkways, and rails, as if little Jack Frost left his own frozen trail. I layered garlands and tinsel all over the street, lighting up the town like a holiday tree. Then my work was done. Trimming was complete. So I got up, stretched, and took a comfy seat. I rested my eyes just for a second, but before long it was midnight, I reckon something had woken me up. I could hear from out the model sky, eight tiny reindeer. It couldn't be true, it couldn't be so. But it's true, the miniatures were magic in snow. For but what did I find my eyes must play? Those little reindeer pulling a miniature sleigh. They hopped out of the background and onto the lane, a man and his deer as if landing a plane, before one little house, a favorite of mine, with a front porch filled with mistletoe and pine. The man with the bag was bearded and ruddy, red and white and a little bit chubby. Saint Nick was here and ever so small, able to pass as a toy, I recall. In the late night on the museum's third floor, little Santa Claus approached a miniature door. Knowing his presence couldn't go under a tree, he instead set up gifts right under the eaves. Candy canes, iPhones, socks, and skateboards came tumbling out of his magical hoard. The jolly red nose and twinkle in his eye could be seen even from afar, from even my eyes. When the gifts were out, that jolly little elf decided to decorate. He couldn't help himself. He did my work, but better, for it fit him just right. He was the one in charge for the night. He tied ribbons and bows up the front steps. He placed lights on the trees, a little complex. Did it all without sound. Only the snow seemed to sing, shining out loud, reflecting all that he brings. He sparkled and smiled in just such a way that made me remember my good old days when the magic of Santa flooded our home and Christmas Eve night led to a treasure trove. I sat in awe of Saint Nicholas as he packed up his bag, climbed into his sleigh, and called out his lads, now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, rubbed my eyes once more for good measure to make sure I could see the farewell of this pleasure. And I heard him exclaim in the voice of a sprite, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night.
0: Thank you for listening to Roundhouse Crosstalk, a podcast hosted by the California State Railroad Museum. Today's special holiday episode was imagined and written by Emily DeFazio, produced, directed, and edited by Amanda DeFazio, and executive produced by Jake Jennerjohn and Jason Rankins. It was performed by Lee Garcia, Alex Clark, Jake Jennerjohn, Amanda DeFazio, Debbie Hollingsworth, and Carl Hayes. Keep an eye out for our next episode, and have a very happy holiday season.